Hello, my name is Madison Powers, and welcome to Social Mentality, where we discuss mental health and tips to help you take care of yourself. I also have a new guest each week. Today, we will talk about how it can be to live with a misdiagnosis. Today, I have Rowan Edmonds with me. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I am very tired. (laughs) Me too. This time change really has thrown me off. Oh my god, I woke up yesterday morning at 7 a.m. and I was like, what universe am I in? I was like, what is going on? Yeah, I woke up and my alarm clock said 8.04. My phone said 9.04. I looked over my fiance. I was like, what's going on? He's like, we time traveled an hour in our sleep. But I'm like, don't tell someone that when they just woke up. Because I sat there for five minutes contemplating Mm -hmm. it. Well, luckily, it's the last time we're doing the time change. It's not going to be a thing after this. Yeah. Today, we're talking about misdiagnosis. Mm -hmm. And I personally have been misdiagnosed. So have you ever been misdiagnosed? And if so, how were you? Yes. So I have been mixed misdiagnosed that's a mouthful to say geez a couple times before when I was younger I dealt with a lot of mental health problems and so I was in and out of like psychiatric help you know it doesn't it's not as intense as it sounds but just making sure to figure out what's wrong with me because I was the type of person even from a young age where I was like okay I don't like how I'm feeling I don't like how I'm acting why am I like this so I would go and get psychiatric help You know, when I was really young, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression, which was a legitimate diagnosis Mm -hmm. because I did have anxiety and depression when I was in, like, high school, middle school. Even a little bit now, it's gotten a lot better. But the thing that really, really sent me over the edge was freshman year, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder. Mm -hmm. And that really threw me off because I didn't really know what it was. I didn't know a lot of information. Luckily, I was taking an intro to psych class so I could learn about it a little bit there. And on the one hand, I guess it made sense because you know some of the I don't want to say side effects but some of like the symptoms symptoms yes of bipolar disorder is like manic episodes Mm -hmm. major depressive episodes and that sort of did fit to me my freshman year I did feel like I was having a lot of manic episodes I was incredibly impulsive I was going out doing crazy things that were super detrimental to me and my mental health I was burning bridges with friends I was just kind of all over the place so and then I would like get on these super high highs and then I would hit these super low lows and so I was like you know yeah that that makes sense so I was you know like yeah I make sense that I'm bipolar you know I come to find out a couple years later the more I do more research you know I changed therapists which was a huge thing for me because I realized I didn't have bipolar disorder I was just a freshman in college kind of wilding out (laughs) probably drinking too much i don't condone underage drinking and i rarely drink nowadays Mm -hmm. but i was just kind of all over the place and it was almost normal but i was seeing a therapist at the time and a psychiatric person at the time that was like yeah no you're probably bipolar and it just it messed with me for a really long time because i was in this weird limbo state of am i am i not and now i know that i am not and i never was Mm -hmm. but it was just it was just weird you know because i was like what's why am I acting this way? I'm acting this way because I'm a freshman in college wilding out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I have a similar scenario with me was when I was younger, my family, we moved to Alabama and started noticing anxiety, started noticing some depression. So we went to a therapist and they diagnosed me with just anxiety and depression but the thing was, like, I was seeing a psychiatrist and then a therapist, which, as you know, the psychiatrist does the medications yes. and stuff. Well... They, well, they diagnosed me as anxiety and depression, and for the longest time, throughout the years we lived in Alabama, we lived there for maybe about two years or so, nothing seemed to be getting better for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was still very depressed, I was still very anxious, I was going through these just long, 
prolonged depression episodes, which mm-hmm. with normal depression, typically it's not that prolonged. Yeah. It can be, but typically it's not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, was, I would tell my doctor that this isn't helping. All they would do is try a different medication, which still wasn't helping. Yeah. And so after about two years of that, when we moved back to Gainesville, mm-hmm. finally went to see a new therapist. And see, bipolar is genetic. Yeah. So my mom, she has bipolar type 1. And we went to this therapist. He saw my mom and saw me. And he noticed some correlations. Mm-hmm. And he diagnosed me with bipolar type 2, which makes a lot of sense. Because that's, that's the lesser of the two, right? Yeah, it's the lesser of the two. You don't go full manic, and mm-hmm. it's not that often. What you would go is hypomanic. Yeah, what I was, I was di- misdiagnosed with quote-unquote type 2. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, so I'm not totally losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, type 1 is the more severe case. And, um, but like... Then I started going to see a psychiatrist, and, you know, they were, obviously it takes a long time to get, like, the proper medications. Mm-hmm. It's just trial and error because it's yeah. different for everybody. But then it started working. I was starting to feel much better <coughs> and everything like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, for the longest time, I mean, like, I was telling the therapist, like, hey, I'm not getting better or everything like that. But I guess because, they, they, I mean, they didn't want to probably re-diagnose because some of the medication for bipolar can be pretty intensive. Yeah, I I was I went through the whole trying to find a medication when I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was God, I don't even know how long ago. it was it was at least ten years ago I was diagnosed with ADHD because I could never sit still, bouncing off the walls. I had mild dyslexic tendencies, but I read like a madman, so I could I could read all the time, so it didn't really affect me that much. But but yeah, I get what you mean though. It's it can be frustrating going through that process of trying to find the medication that works for you because I went through that process with that diagno- with that specific diagnosis diagnosis and it took a really long time Mm. and it actually is one of the things I finally found a medication that really worked for me to help me focus but sucked my personality away was Mm -hmm. never hungry and it actually kind of kick-started my bout with depression which I mean now that I'm older I know more about bipolar Mm -hmm. and like I know more about the anxiety and just multiple different uh mental illnesses or mental disabilities it kind of makes sense why they would go straight to like anxiety and depression because those symptoms kind of correlate with bipolar, so it can be hard to diagnose yeah. bipolar because a lot of the symptoms overlap. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people, especially in our generation, have some sort of anxiety and depressive tendencies. Mm-hmm. Just, it's all situational per person. You know, I talked to my dad, who's 63. He's like, I've never really been genuinely depressed unless there's like a reason for it. Right. You know, and I'm like, uh, can't relate, Dad, but okay. <laughs> well, one thing I probably, in my opinion, I think why a lot of, like, our generation might deal with more depressive or anxiety tendencies would probably, in my opinion, be just the, I guess, pressure of society nowadays because everything yeah. on the phones, the social, social media, horrible, yeah. you know, like, everyone's worried about economy, everyone's worried about... You know, what are they going to do next? What's their mm-hmm. job going to be? Will they get the job? I just think there's a lot of pressure. I know there was a lot of pressure back then. It's just now we're... But even more so, you can see it from so many different outward perspectives instead of just feeling it from, like, your parents or something. Yeah, because really the only way to, like, get away from everything would just, just put down every device and just, you know, just do something that doesn't require an electronic. Because otherwise, mm-hmm. 
I mean, just leaving the house, you got like the electronic billboards, you mm-hmm. go into stores or anything like that. They sometimes have the TVs with advertisements. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, I mean, you can't really get away with it, which is why I think a lot of people nowadays deal with some kind of mental illness or mental disability mm-hmm. or just mental health issues in general. Yeah, and for me, it was just learning how to, like right now, I'm not medicated anymore. I haven't taken any sort of, well, I took Adderall last year. It was prescribed. I wasn't just stealing it, but I took Adderall <laughs> last year to help with some ADHD. ADHD tendencies and it helped but again it kind of did suck my personality away and I was like you know what I'd rather be myself and have to work a little extra hard on my work than not Mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah. yeah, well, that's kind of how I was because I got diagnosed, the correct diagnosis, when I was about 15. Mm-hmm. So I'm about to turn 22. So it's like seven years or so mm-hmm. since I've been diagnosed. And I think that was really the key for me because once I got out of high school, I honestly, I didn't like how the medications felt because like when I'm sure, you know, when you get a new one, it takes almost a week to two weeks for it to yeah. get in your system and you just feel sick. Yeah. Like I've, I've actually got so sick from because we did a bunch of med changes at once and I actually got so sick that I didn't go to school for a week because of how bad it was Mm -hmm. and so I didn't like the feeling of the medications and stuff so I decided that hey I was going to try to do it on my own and I think that's what really helps the early diagnosis because I was able to learn and adapt with it Mm -hmm. because now compared to a lot of people who deal with this I'm able to notice okay like when I'm depressed okay I'm about to be depressed let people yeah. know. You can, like, feel it coming on. Right. Or just any of, like, the other symptoms, like, um, like getting kind of angry for no reason or taking it out on someone for mm-hmm. no reason. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, that's that's that. But I'm able to adapt with it and everything like that. Yeah. I still have moments like that. And I think that's more of just a me thing and how I handle situations because I have, I have a lot of emotions. I don't want to say I'm an emotional, weak person because I'm not, but I do have a lot of feelings. I have a lot of emotions. And a lot of the times that comes out in anger because mm-hmm. I just don't want to perceive myself as weak. I don't want to perceive myself as hurting. So I just get angry, you know, and I think it was around this past October, I got hit with a major, major, major depressive bout, like worse than it's been in years out of Mm. nowhere. And I had no idea why, you know, I think it may have correlated a little bit, you know, I am 21, I'm turning 22 soon. So I was legal drinking age, no one come for me, (laughs) but I, we just had a bit of a party and I always would get really bad anxiety and really bad depression after like a big night of drinking, which is why I don't drink anymore. Mm. You know, I'm not like sober, sober, but I just choose not to right and in october we had a relatively big party for halloween because why not last year of college mm-hmm. you know go crazy i guess <laughs> and i think that really kick-started it for me and then so come october that happened and then through october up until recently i've been dealing with a lot of mental health issues and a lot of sickness issues mm. you know on top of all of that i had three pretty major deaths happen you know my uncle and i'd never experienced any form of death before i've mm-hmm. never ever ever gone to a funeral or had someone that I know die which I was really lucky and then out of nowhere on top of all of that I had my uncle die um my boyfriend's mom she passed away and then my childhood dog that we had for 16 years we had to put her down a couple weeks ago and it just all hit really really hard on top of that already kind of depressive bout and I was just like I was all over the place you know Mm -hmm. I was looking for fights with people I was emotionally just stumped I guess because I just shoved everything down to sort of 
didn't want to think about it. And it was starting to come out in really horrible ways. You know, and I was talking to my therapist that I have now and she was like about everything. And I was explaining like how I was feeling, what was happening. And I was really, really nervous because I was like, I don't want her to do what I've had been. I don't want her to diagnose me with something because that's what people have done in the past. I don't want people right. to tell me that I have bipolar disorder or severe depression because of everything that's happening. I mean, again, it's all situational. Mm hmm. And thankfully, she didn't, you know, she doesn't even try and diagnose because she's a therapist, not a psychiatrist. Right. Do very different things. The one who misdiagnosed me, she was a therapist, but she was also a psychiatrist, which I'm like, hmm. I don't know. I, I don't understand how that works, but. Yeah. Usually to me, I've always had like two separate people. Yeah. Yeah. So I've that's, never heard of that. Yeah. That, yeah. That's why it was kind of weird for me. But, you know, so it was, it was refreshing to know that she wasn't going to try and sit here and tell me what was wrong with me, but instead just fix the problem from the root instead of just putting a label on it. Which I know, like, with deaths that happen kind of back-to-back, it can be really hard. That happened to me a few years ago. Uh, I think it was, honestly, I can't remember when, but I think it was, like, 2020 or 2019 or something. My nanny, who was my great-grandmother, she had passed away. She had, like, cancer. It had started off with breast cancer, then it moved to her bones, and Mm. she was, like, 87? 80-something, yeah. Yeah, she was about 80 or something years old. And then the following year... My papa passed away. I remember that because that was our sophomore year. Yeah. Yeah. And then the following year when COVID was really bad, my fiance's great aunt and her daughter passed away a month of each other. Ooh. So that was a really big hit on his family. And also surprisingly me, Mm -hmm. um, not really surprisingly, but you wouldn't really expect it from because Brian, we've been together for about four years now, Mm -hmm. but that really affected me because, fun fact, his great aunt, her name was Kim. Fun fact was... Kim's mom's name was Kim. My boyfriend's mom, we just passed away in January. Her name was also Kim. Well... Small world. (laughs) Small world. But but no, what was really funny is before I even knew Brian, see, we both worked at Kroger Mm -hmm. on Limestone in Gainesville. Mm -hmm. That's where we met. His aunt actually worked at the reception at the Little Minute Clinic right there, and I was a courtesy clerk, so I actually met her before I even knew Brian. Aw, it's fate. Yeah, so, like, I was, like, I'd go over there to, like, the pharmacy bathroom to <laughs> clean the bathrooms, and I'd talk with her. And mm-hmm. she was such a sweet lady. You know, Brian and I started talking. Eventually, we became date. We started dating and mm-hmm. stuff. And she came over to his parents' house one day, and I'm like, wait a minute, I know you. <laughs> and she was just, like, she just kind of laughed. She's like, yeah, it's a small world. So we'd That's always kind of gossip about Kroger and how they could be better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because, no, fair. Yeah. So it was, it was really hard, and it was hard for Brian's family, and it was hard for him, and... Stuff like that, because he, I mean, he didn't really experience much, much like death and funerals, mm-hmm. um, really until my nanny passed away, then my papa, and yeah. then that. So it's, it can be really hard. It it took me a while and stuff. So yeah, it's crazy, especially when it doesn't happen to you. Like my uncle, when he died, it was cancer. We knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. It was my dad's older brother. I only speak to him like three or four times a year. Mm. So I was mostly sad for my dad. Same with my boyfriend's mom when she passed away. You know, obviously I was sad. I've known her for the past couple of years, but, you know, I was more sad for him more than right. anything. You know, and then when my dog died, you know, that was like my baby. That was my dog. We yeah. grew up with her. She was, she was, anyone who's lost a dog can, like, can relate to this too. They're oh, not yeah. just a dog, they're family, especially yeah. when you have them. Like, we've had her since I was like four. And so that mm-hmm. just was like, pff, that just, that just, it just pushed me over the edge. I was, I called my therapist. I was like, Lisa, I'm not doing well. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that happened to me when I was maybe about 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, back on elementary school, we had a German Shepherd chow mix. Mm. So she was big like a German Shepherd, but fluffy like a chow. Yeah. So <laughs> she was very fluffy, but she was about, 
So you got to be about maybe 15 or 16 years old, which is yeah. really old for a big dog. Yeah. typically big dogs don't live as long. Yeah, my little dog who died, her name was Ruby. She was small, but she was like 17. And we were mm-hmm. like, how is she still alive? <laughs> but um, it was really sad and really traumatic that morning because like it was like literally the morning after my sister and I had our like birthday sleepover. Mm-hmm. So we had to go to school the next day. But we woke up the day after getting ready for school and she was like her head was turned and she was going through like a seizure or a stroke. I can't mm-hmm. remember. So she, my mom had to take her <coughs> to be put down and we had to go to school, which, of course, we wanted to go with her. But yeah. we were really young at the time. So yeah. but no, it's it's really, really hard. And then a few years, about two years ago, my fiance and I, we got a, a cat. His name was we named him Cypher. Mm-hmm. He was uh, the brother to the cat we already had, whose name was Arrow. And he, uh, I was down in Aquith with my family, and Brian woke up one morning, and he was just gone. We have, we don't know what happened, nothing like that. So that day I drove back up because mm-hmm. it was just, it was crazy. So Brian buried him down near the creek and Aww. stuff. So, yeah, it's really, really hard. Yeah, it's, it's animals are more than just animals. They're family. Yeah, but. and it, and it can, it can send someone into a depression. Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> animals can do nothing wrong. Let's be real here. I don't know. I have a female cat, and she's quite the diva. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's fair. But um, but no, I love her anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this misdiagnosis, yes, back on track. Back on track. <laughs> um, how did you like overcome it? I guess just being hyper aware of my emotions and thinking like okay i'm feel like i'm going through a manic spiral episode but then i would just pick it apart for what it actually was and i was like no i'm just you know going out Mm -hmm. most weekends i'm partying with friends like a lot of people my age are doing that there's nothing wrong with it and just almost normalizing what i was doing Mm -hmm. you know and i was like all right the reason i'm having these depressive bouts for no reason after is because the anxiety that's what i call my anxiety hangover because i never really got hungover just anxiety so i slowed down the drinking i would still go out and hang out with my friends and like quote-unquote party but i just would stop drinking right and this was again covid hit spring break second semester so Mm -hmm. it, it really kind of forced me to like look internally and realize okay i'm not this misdiagnosis i am just who i am mm-hmm. and everything that i had gone through wasn't necessarily a bad thing or wasn't necessarily mental health related i was just right. experiencing life on my own as a college freshman you know and yes there were consequences for show but you know it wasn't as bad as i made it out to seem or as the psychiatrist slash therapist made it out to seem right because i mean even with my diagnosis now being the right mis- the right diagnosis mm-hmm. like i do my best to try to make it like basically not run my life yeah you are not your diagnosis or misdiagnosis no yet. yeah and i mean i mean i still deal with that like mm-hmm. influencing my decisions or anything like that because sometimes it could feel like i mean if you're really just that down it feels like your mental illness does take over and make yeah. you do things you normally wouldn't do oh, absolutely um but like i try not to let it do that because i mean i mean i'm in charge of my own life my own mind mm-hmm. everything like that so i try not to let it basically just control me yeah. and, which can be very hard yeah i have i have moments when i have like a panic attack or something or like i have a moment of just where i'm deep deep down and then i like make eye contact with myself in the mirror after and i'm like what why why am i doing this yeah i'll do that too and, and, I, and i'm just like okay now i feel stupid let's go do something good for me yeah or, like, go to the gym or something yeah <laughs> well it's like whenever i have like a little spat with my fiance or something and a lot of the time i don't want to give up because i'm like i don't want to feel like i lose but it's something yeah. dumb and i should give it up 
But in my mind, I'm like, no, I don't want to seem like I'm losing because my father, he'll be like, do you, do you realize how dumb this argument is? I'm like, yeah, I know. I just don't want to lose. <laughs> like, yes, it's dumb, but I'm right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, eventually I give up. I'm like, and then I'll come, like, I realize what I did and things I said. And I'll come mm-hmm. back like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. They shouldn't have been that way. It's just, it's just a self-awareness, I think, now. Yeah. Which, I'm, I mean, I'm still working on, but it's gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. For anyone who might think they might be misdiagnosed, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, just listen to your gut you know if you think that someone diagnosed you with something wrong don't be afraid to do your own research obviously don't self-diagnose but Mm -hmm. do your own research you know you better than anyone right you know if you're really worried maybe go see a different psychiatrist and see what they say there's nothing wrong with a second opinion but Mm -hmm. you know if it's someone that you know and trust odds are they might be right but if you think that you're being misdiagnosed you know don't be afraid to just sort of look inwardly and be like okay do i really really feel these ways is this really like happening for no reason right and again just do your own research we're not scientists we're not psychologists but there's nothing wrong with doing a little bit of your own research again don't self-diagnose yourself because so many people do that but yeah you know compare and contrast and just have an open relationship with the person who is diagnosing you and be like are you sure (laughs) yeah i would definitely say do research of like symptoms of what they did diagnose you or maybe of symptoms that you think you might have yeah ask why yeah and then if you're talking to a therapist or you're considering one i would bring those questions up like hey i got diagnosed as this these are my symptoms Mm -hmm. to me they're not lining up here's these other symptoms that seem more right and then, you know, talk with them, let them get to know you, then, mm-hmm. you know, get like a professional opinion, but never, never self-diagnose. No, if I, if, I, yeah. if, I, if I were to go online and self-diagnose myself, I have every sort of type of cancer right now or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, technically everything gives you that, but. Yeah, exactly. I'm drinking this coffee right now. I'm going to die because of it, you know? <laughs> I mean, with that, you can't get away from it, exactly. unfortunately, so. Well, thank you for being on the episode. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it is social underscore mentality zero one. I also have a new blog post every Friday at powersmadison441.wixsite.com slash social dash mentality slash blog. So feel free to go there. And if you want to read more about my personal experience, you can read more about it right there. <laughs>